Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we began that 40-day journey with, with Jesus to Calvary, where he shed his blood for our sins and for death and saving us from hell. Now, you may wonder, how do we ever get into these customs like Lent? Well, we have to go way back into the church's history to discover that. And we find out that back in the church's early history, that they would recognize the major events of Jesus' life with special observances. And those special days would be his birth, his baptism, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And as time went on and those observances developed, a period of time was set aside for proper preparation before his two great events, and that was his birth and resurrection. So Advent then that we recognize became those days of preparation before Christmas, And Lent then became those days of preparation before Easter. And as you see, the colors have changed. Purple is up there. And purple is a penitential color. And and Lent is a more penitential time of the year than any other time of our church year. But it's more than just a penitential time in the church year. It was also a a time when the, the early church would use the time leading up to Easter for intensive instruction of those who wanted to be baptized. And sir, there would be these weeks of intensive instruction for those who were going to be baptized. And the baptisms would take place at the Easter vigil. And that's what we would know as Holy Saturday or the Saturday immediately before Easter. And so if we put those two together, we can see why the church did that because they saw the importance of Jesus' death and resurrection, and they recognized that what happens in baptism is that we are joined into that death and resurrection with Jesus, aren't we? His death and resurrection becomes our death and resurrection. So that's why they put those two together. So this then becomes, these days of Lent become more for us than just a penitential time of the year. It becomes a chance, gives us a chance, if you will, to once again remember our baptism and what we are like and who we are as a child of God. And so last week, I believe, if I got this correct, Pastor Matt began the series of the miracles of Lent by looking at the miracle of the tearing of the temple curtain. Well, tonight I want to look at the miracle of darkness or the miraculous darkness. And and I hope, just speaking for myself, that that as you go through this series, uh, you obviously learn some things. But I think maybe one of the first things you learn right away is that there's six miracles that took place while Jesus was hanging on the cross. And I think that's pretty cool. In addition to that salvation, there's six messages that are learned from that. And tonight we want to look at that miraculous darkness. Now, just for a quick review, right? Jesus was nailed to the cross, what Scripture says, at the third hour. And we would know that at 9 a.m. And then Jesus took his last breath at the ninth hour, which we would know as 3 p.m. Now, back at that time, they divided the day up into twelfths, right? And it began at sunrise and went to sunset. And it was all divided then by hours, so you got the third hour to the ninth hour. 
And miraculously, we're told in Scripture, the lesson for tonight is, from the sixth hour, there was darkness until the ninth hour. So from noon, the sixth hour, to 3 p.m., there was darkness. Now, let me tell you, this was not an eclipse. You know, the skeptics always try to disprove Jesus' miracles by trying to say something else was happening. You may, you may have heard that when Moses did the whole turning of the river into blood, that the skeptics say he really didn't turn it into blood. It was that time of the year when there were heavy rains up in the mountains. The rain comes down and brings with it the red soil. The red soil goes into the river and it turns it red. So many skeptics would say then that there was no miracle here, but it was an eclipse. It was not an eclipse. Scientists went back and studied uh, through science, through the solar system, the rotation of the earth, and they looked and said there was no occurrence of an eclipse at this time. Now, could God have used that effect? Sure he could have. But the point is, this was a divine miracle, divine power of God at work. And all of a sudden at noon, it went dark. And darkness settled in. What's interesting about this is, even the atheists, the heathen writings of the time, those who were opposed to Christianity, even acknowledged this miracle. Tertullian, a second century church father, even wrote the following words to his adversaries. At the moment of Christ's death, the light departed from the sun, and the land was darkened at noonday, which wonder is related in your own annals and is preserved in your own archives to this day. So obviously there's something about this darkness besides just darkness. And I think there's a couple things that we can learn from this darkness. And the first one is the darkness affirms who Jesus said he was. Remember, Jesus said he was the Son of God. His deity, he always had to prove because people didn't believe that. And the people would often ask, well, show us a sign. Well, there's no greater sign to this point than this one, the darkness. For what do the, what do the Roman centurions and others say when Jesus is on the cross? Truly, this was the Son of God. So they got their sign, but guess what? They still didn't believe it. So what else can we gain from this, from this miraculous darkness? Well, I think a second thing that we can pull out of it is simply that this is God's judgment against the world. It's not just against those responsible for his crucifixion, but this is God's judgment against the sins of the world. God was speaking against unbelief and error and hypocrisy and lies and hatred and the list goes on, right? If you think about it, and we don't usually think this way, right? One half of the earth at this time was covered in the natural darkness of night. The other half is covered by this miraculous darkening of the sun. For three hours, the entire earth was totally dark. God's judgment against sin. But it's also God's judgment against his son. For Jesus willingly took into himself 
our sins. He says in John, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus, who willingly took upon himself our sins, is hanging and dying on the cross. And Jesus is judged, and God's judgment comes against him because he is taking on our punishment. He has taken into himself our sins. And what does Jesus do before he dies? He cries out, It is finished! And he takes his last breath and he dies. And you all know what happens after that, don't you? The light comes back. As quickly as the light left, the light returns. We're back to normal, if you will, but yet at the same point, we are not normal. For something miraculously has happened in that six hours, specifically those three. Jesus had suffered the abandonment of his father. He suffered the punishment and for our sins, and he died on our behalf. And then there was light, like the resurrection, like Easter. It was an affirmation that God's plan of salvation was complete, that Jesus successfully completed his mission, and the sins of the whole world had been paid in full. And now, my friends, because of that, we are the people of light. You know, if we think about darkness, I don't think any of us like darkness. I'm, I'm sure your girls probably want a nightlight left on, right? And, uh, shoot, I want a nightlight left on. Um, but, yeah, we don't like darkness. We get uneasy in the darkness. I think talking to Les back there, you know, we're talking about, boy, as we get older, we don't like going out at night. We don't want to drive at night, right? There's something about the nighttime, the darkness, that gives us an unsettled feel. But, boy, when the light's out... We're really happy, aren't we? To see the sun is even happier, and that doesn't happen often here, sorry to say. But when we see the sun, we're even happy. Well, imagine how happy we should be because of the light of Jesus who accomplished salvation for us. So I would encourage you, as we have, I believe, 33 more days remaining in this season of Lent, to use your time for that extra reflection on what God did through us for his son Jesus, what Jesus did to us through by his life, his death, and his resurrection. And in your prayers, take an extra sentence or two to thank God for calling you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all of our human understanding keep our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.